1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX d podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montilla. Of course, I am your mayor, PHNX. This guy next to me, he's the vice mayor and he is staying the vice mayor, Michael, the one and only Thunderstick <laughs> Jesse Friedman.
2: 34 days, Derek. 34 34 days yep.
1: until pitchers and catchers report. It's, it's right around it's, the corner. Uh, it's getting real. It's yeah, getting we, real. Have, we we barely have any time uh, to spend time away from baseball because it will be back before we know it. Of course, this show never spends time away away from baseball, and it's brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. We're going to talk quite a bit about DraftKings today and some of their odds with when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But first, the D backs did make the signing of Zach Davies official yesterday. We had a little media time with Mike Kazin. Uh, but of course, uh, the one question it's called a press conference, Derek. A, me- a little media time. We had a little, little media, little, a press little get together. You know? It's not a press conference on Zoom in the dark for most <laughs> of us. For, his
2: lighting was good yesterday. His lighting actually, was much better, His yes, lighting was, was much yeah, better.
1: Yeah, I think he might have gotten the ring light that we sent him. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he did have uh, some nice things to say, not only about Zach Davies, but about the rotation. One thing he didn't shy away from saying is that they might consider uh, a six-man rotation at one point during the season with all of these starting pitchers that they have. He He admitted that his vice is looking too far ahead at the schedule too early on and trying to plot out. Uh, in his mind when starts are going to happen and when they're going to try to line things up but he he did tell us yesterday he was going to try to do less of that at least until spring training came along
2: yeah i mean for a gm it's it's got to be a little weird right like oh, yeah. like your your off season is all about you know roster moves and everything but then once the season starts like People forget that the GMs are still, you know, their, their minds are still going crazy with sure. baseball during the season as well. Right. I mean, they're watching every single game pretty much and, you know, trying to plan out all of the ideal things that could happen as far as the schedule and which pitchers and all of those things. Um, but yeah, the, the six man rotation piece was interesting. I didn't necessarily expect that. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily something that, that we should expect to happen. But um, he did say the D-backs would apparently be open to doing that. Uh, For a period of time, I still have my personal doubts of like the D-backs having a long term situation where Zach Gallen is starting every sixth game instead of every fifth game. Sure. sure. It just seems like if you have a pitcher who is that good, you know, who finished top five in in Cy Young voting last year, which we're going to talk more about in a second. I mean, you're you're going to, you know, you're going to take a chunk of of his games away if you if you roll with a six-man rotation for a sizable portion of the season. I don't know if I see the D-Backs doing that uh, over the long haul, but uh but it is an interesting question. The D-Backs with Zach Davies are in a position where you theoretically could wind up with a starting rotation that, believe it or not, is like oversaturated with with starting pitchers who are deserving of roles. Uh Mike Hazen, of course, was very Uh, you know adamant that that doesn't tend to happen Uh, you usually if you think you have too many good starting pitchers you probably don't and with injuries and whatnot throughout the course of the season you know your guys are going to get hurt and and things are going to happen there's a lot of young guys here who might not perform uh, as well as they need to to stay in the rotation long term but if it did happen apparently a six-man rotation is
1: something they would be willing to consider it's almost like Mike Hazen has been on this ride before And knows what it's like to not only be a, a GM of the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I think the same way that this team has been constructed in the past, it's similarly constructed now. It is a deeper team, and I think that just shows that he is learning from the past. Obviously, we know what a disaster seasons have been in the past due to injury, right? And even last season, this team experienced their fair share of injuries and kind of had to scramble a bit to call up young guys, give people an opportunity, do things just to make sure that they could be as competitive as possible. I still feel like they they did a good job of that last year, but they did seem undermanned. And that's one thing yeah. that it seems like this offseason, they're trying to ensure that they are not going into 2023. It might not be the biggest moves. It might not be the biggest move needle movers, but it will be moves that make this team more competitive. And more importantly, it's going to make this team – able to last the marathon that is the baseball regular season, 162 games. You're, you're probably not going to use a six man rotation, but there's a good chance you're going to need those starting pitchers, not only right. in that role, but maybe in another role, right? These, the young guys still have options so that they can still go down to the minors, but we've discussed p- the potential of Ryan Nelson or Dre Jamison ending up in the bullpen. We've discussed Brandon fought potentially not being on the opening day roster just to start the season, it doesn't mean he's not going to make yeah. his way up here, but he might not be there when the season starts. When you look at what they're doing, it feels really like they're trying to ensure that they're not left in the similar position position that they've been in the past. But
2: yeah, um, well, what's apparent to me is that the 2021 season has not been forgotten <laughs> and, the, and the the scars and the the aches and burns that were felt that. over the that. course of that season have yeah. not gone away. And the D-backs front office remembers what it's like to have an unprecedented number of injuries, which yep. is what happened that year. It was not something that anyone could have expected. They got very unlucky. But even in those situations, you have to make sure that your roster, even in a worst case sort of scenario, is going to at least be somewhat viable. Right. You're going to have guys in there ready to step up who are ready to pitch in the majors and the D-backs didn't have that in yeah. 2021. And I think that for me is the theme of this whole offseason is is like insurance policies everywhere. Yeah. Like make sure you have a backup plan at every position. Make sure your rotation goes 10 guys deep rather than six or seven guys. And Zach Davies is just another example of the team trying to do that.
1: Mike Hazen has some interesting comments yesterday, including about how that uh, does bring competition to the team, and that's something they're always trying to create yeah. to get the best out of everybody. Right? It's it's just a fact. If you don't have to worry about your job being taken, if you don't have to worry about hitting certain metrics to get your bonuses and to max out your contract, uh, if you're just getting a ton of money and have nobody putting pressure on you in any way, that I think that's where guys start, you know, regressing as a player. You know, they have the big fat contract. There's nothing to really push them. Aside from living up to the expectations and kind of the promises that they're, that they're trying to fulfill based on the contract they were given, that that only goes so far, though. You know, uh, yeah. it, with this Diamondbacks team, the one thing that they have working for them is there's a lot of young guys. They are hungry, and they're all fighting for a spot in some way, shape, or form. Very few guys on this uh, on this team have a guaranteed role, uh, and even when you look at their individual motivations, they all have a reason for trying to be their best in 2023, including guys like Zach Gallon, who are still looking at that long-term deal that he's inevitably going to get either from the D-backs or some other team here coming in the future. And I just hated the way that those words came out of my (laughs) fucking mouth right now as I said them. Uh, I also noticed another thing in Hazen's press conference yesterday. In our little little get-together? That's what he wants to call it. We were on a Zoom meeting hanging out in the dark. But anyway, uh, Hazen has great hair. And he's inex- <laughs> he's inexplicably worried about his hair, and I'm just going to tell him right now, Mike, you got great hair, and it, it carries over to the team. I think it's the reason why we've seen the trend on the team go towards having great That's hair. That's
2: why this team has a thing. I told with you, me. like Lordis. Yeah. Like, of course, Lordis Gurriel he, he Jr. was just, a necessity. Did you see in that a light
1: bulb right? over <laughs> his head? I mean, it instantly it made sense to you, right? Like. Mike Hazen is obsessed with how good his own hair looks. Thus, How uh, like of his how can, you, how can you
2: tell? Like, what 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 exactly happened during the press
1: conference? That Mike. That, Mike. That okay. Are... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> on a Zoom meeting, you obviously see yourself, right? And the people that care about their hair, they always give it a little like move or something. There's something, <laughs> right? Like, I don't have the best hairline. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bragging here about my hairline, but you know, you get on there, you want to make it look the best. Uh, the other thing too is, I'll never forget one time. That Mike Hazen, who i remind you has a great head of hair, got onto a Zoom meeting and said the words before it started, God, I look like Michael Scott in season one of The Office. And I had never (laughs) wanted to comfort someone more in my entire life than I did him right then. Like, no, sir, you do not look like Michael Scott in season one of The Office. and I don't ever want to hear those words come out of your mouth again. But um, anyway. Uh, Mike Hazen did have some more interesting comments about improving this team, not just the hair on the team, but improving the team as a whole. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Uh, The the jury's still out, depending on who they might pick up. But it was interesting comments about trading for a reliever rather than pursuing one in free agency. When asked about um, if they were done, he, he made it sound like they were not. They were not satisfied with the bullpen and that they would still be pursuing another reliever, but he said that they would be most likely, and I mean most likely, he sounded like it would be done via a trade versus free agency, which kind of took us a little bit off guard.
2: Yeah, we've been talking about, you know, free agents who were available. You know, Michael Fulmer's still out there. We talked about Shintaro Fujinami yesterday, uh, him signing with the Oakland A's. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. This isn't really something that Hazen has talked a whole lot about this entire offseason, the idea of trading for a reliever, maybe like little references here and there. But yeah, sure. based on what he said yesterday, it sounds like if the D-backs are getting another reliever, which I think they really want to do, it's going to come via trade. Uh, The other interesting piece of this was in terms of what the D-backs would have to give up in order to get that, Mike Hazen also talked about how there's not much of an appetite for like a prospect for major league yeah. player uh, type of trade. Uh, a lot of teams are going for it this year. Not that many teams are trying to, you know, just like tank the season or or whatever. We're not seeing that many teams do that. There aren't a lot of teams willing to trade a big league talent off their rosters without getting big league talent in return. Uh, So if the D-backs are going to go this route, if they're going to add another reliever via trade, you might have to get comfortable with trading one of your major league players
1: in order to get that. Right, because I think we feel like they still have a surplus of outfielders, but when we say that... We look more towards the minors and some of their young outfielders. Maybe some of the guys we were worried that might get gobbled up in the Rule 5 draft or right. some of the other young guys that we feel like uh, like Dominic Fletcher and such that aren't getting an opportunity right now due to how stacked the major league roster is with, with outfielders. And uh, that didn't that didn't get any easier this offseason with the acquisition that the Diamondbacks made, both through free agency and through trades. Um, but I will say that uh, it makes me wonder who they could be targeting. Uh, I think someone there in the uh, comments, Raider Hawk Media, said Chafin Reyes and Chad Green are the best free agent relievers. Uh, there's a couple of other names out there as well. Chafin was somebody that was very high on, I think, on a lot of Arizona Diamondbacks' list as well. So, uh, But I, I, it's going to be interesting. Any ideas <laughs> who they might be pursuing via trade?
2: Probably not uh, Kenley Jansen, as, no. uh, as Gabriel is, is talking about. I don't, yeah. I don't think the Red Sox are going to sign him mm-hmm. and then trade him no. instantly, although no. they do very much need a shortstop. Um, I've got a few guys and I'm, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to have a story soon with with some some potential targets here and try to do as much research as I can to make sure that, you know, these these moves aren't completely or at least trades that the other teams would maybe consider to some extent. But um, in terms of like like big name guys, like um, I know Gabriel also mentioned in the comments that it should be someone with control if the D-backs are trading someone off the big league roster, especially that. someone with some years of control, you're going to want to get a reliever back. Who also has some control. Uh, I know David Bednar is a name that a lot of people threw out uh yesterday, uh in, in reply to the tweet that we threw out from our account. Uh that's bold. Uh, that's very bold. Uh, David Bednar is one of the best relievers in baseball. Uh the Pittsburgh Pirates, I think, are uh, willing to to consider trade offers for Bednar from from what I can what I can see, but uh the offer would have to be substantial. Uh you're not trading Dominic Canzone for David Bednar. You're gonna have to give up. You know, maybe an Alec Thomas, you know, a, a serious young asset on this Diamondbacks team in order to do that. Um, kind of a maybe a tier below a, a David Bednar or like an Alexis Diaz from the Reds. I don't think those those guys are super likely to happen. Uh, Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals, a really, really solid right handed reliever comes with a couple of years of of team control. Uh, I could see that happening as well. Um, or you have more veteran types who would maybe cost a little bit less. Uh, Dylan Floro uh, with the Miami Marlins is an example of a guy who has a couple years of control. So I'll write a story that has uh, some some more options, but those are a, a couple of names that are floating through my mind right now.
1: And if you haven't had a chance to do so, make sure to grab a diehard membership over at GoPHNX.com. Uh, Jesse will probably leave that one unlocked. but
2: That one will be unlocked. Well, and well, for, for the diehards, just so you know, we're— um, because of the press conference last night uh, we're switching gathering. up the days here so so the diehard piece will come out tomorrow on Friday even though we normally send it on on like Thursday evening so just uh just be aware of that there will be a story up today but it won't be the diehard piece that's that's coming tomorrow and that was due to the media gathering no that was, that was yes yes the media gathering you know it 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 was a really important gathering. It was, it was a, a really, really big uh, it gathering. It was a really big
1: so. Yeah, Steve Gilbert wasn't there. He's still on vacation <laughs> That's in Costa Rica. Steve, Steve so Gilbert's still if he's not Costa there, Rica. then it, it's really not a <laughs> real media uh, gathering at all, in fact. Uh, the corresponding move uh, in signing Zach Davies, by the way, was to DFA J.B. Bukowskis, which a lot of you may know from uh, the Zach Granke trade. So I guess it's, is it time, yeah. Jesse, to maybe once again revisit the Zach I think, Granke I think trade? It's, I think it's maybe Let's do time. it. Let's revisit the time. Zach Granke trade. It's as the cactus turns. Let's get this drama unfolding previously on as the cactus turns. Uh, you may know the D-backs traded Zach Granke to the Astros for what seemed like at the time an incredible haul of prospects that we were very <laughs> excited about. Very highly related prospects in the system. Uh, highly rated in, in, in the Astro system at least. Uh, you had their number three overall prospect, Seth Beer, number four, Corbin Martin, and then also in the top 25 was J.B. Bukowskis and Josh Rojas. Right. Uh, and as it stands, I'm starting to think that that trade doesn't look so good anymore. Right? I mean, it's not awful. I, as I as mean, Ranky hasn't done anything to really, really make us regret trading him away, and Josh Rojas really has been a solid major league player for us now has. for a consistent amount of time, pretty much ever since... That deal went down. Interestingly enough, he was the he was the piece holding up the deal. So uh it (laughs) makes me very thankful now that the Diamondbacks made sure that he got thrown in on that one. Yeah, if the D backs had traded Zach Granke for
2: Corbin Martin, JB Bukowskis, and Seth Beer. There would be quite a bit of heartache over, yeah. over this trade at this point, I think. But, yeah. yeah, more than anything, what I learned from this trade is that prospect rankings are a blind shot in the dark. Meaningless! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those, <laughs> meaningless. those three guys, right? Martin, Bukowskis, and, and Seth Beer, I, I don't remember the order, but in some order were the number three through five best prospects. It was Beer, Martin, Bukowskis.
1: It was in that order. Beer, Martin, Bukowskis. Yeah. There you go. And then Josh um, Rojas was, like, at the tail end. He was, like, in there.
2: I want to say like their 20s. Yeah, he Uh, was like, yeah, 22nd, kind of a late bloomer. Um, And of course, yeah, he's wound up being the guy who's only the only guy who's really provided any value um, in the big leagues for the D-backs in this deal. I don't think the deal is a disaster still. I I still think it's important to keep in mind that when you trade for a haul of prospects like that, you're doing it. You trade for a haul because you know they're not all going to pan out. You're trying to (laughs) sift
1: through and find the diamond in the rough there, right? Exactly, exactly.
2: So... I, I actually think the D-backs did okay um, getting six years of Josh Rojas is, you know, being a two to three war, uh, you know, utility infielder who used it third base a lot this last year. Or might seem a little more at second base this season, um, in addition to third base with Evan Longoria, but he's a solid player. Um, he's totally a solid player. And uh, the D-backs also got some salary relief uh, as part of the trade. Um, I think that salary relief is is part of what allowed them to sign Madison Bumgarner, so Maybe you have an issue with how the Diamondbacks spent that money, yes, but I do. but I do. <laughs> in a you know in a vacuum, if you're just looking at the trade, you know they did get some money in this as well. Um, I think there's also an, an angle of this where it's like, could the Dbacks have been a playoff team in 2019 if they still had Zach Granke? I think that's, I mean, a, a Zach Granke and Zach Gallon rotation. That's something that we never actually got to see, but. Uh, but no, I, they could have led the league in Zach's. They could know? have, they yeah, could they have they the could have, and they had Zach Godley. Yeah, uh, not not that far before. So right. They have something with like Zach G's. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is there, oh, but uh, exactly. yeah, I don't think the trade is all that. To say I don't think the trade is a disaster.
1: I I, I have to agree with you on that. And again, like you said, I think you said it best about uh, if you can get one major leaguer out of there uh, when Zach Granke was at the tail end of his career, maybe he he like you said he could have he could have maybe provided for this team in 2019, but. Uh, with the way things went after that uh it kind of he kind of would have you know wasted away here uh and and I'm thankful that they did something like this that at least brought what could be part of the core to this team in Josh Rojas even if he's not uh the most important piece I feel like his versatility uh and his fire that he brings his competitive fire is something sure. important you know it's it, it, he's he, the dog in the dog and Josh Rojas is off the charts. We can't even measure it. It's it's <laughs> incredible. But um, again, we still and it still remains to be seen if Corbin Martin. Uh, someone in the uh, comments said Martin will never recover from TJS um, Tommy John surgery. Could could very well be the reason why uh, he is not you know performing well. But maybe he can still make a bounce back there. We've seen what Seth Beer can do, just not consistently. Yeah. So. Maybe maybe some of these guys can get ra- right. Obviously, Bukowski's has to go through waivers, but he still might end up back uh, with the Diamondbacks uh, if if he does clear. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, no no need to say we lost the trade. It just feels like uh, at one point the laps of, the laps we were doing maybe you know yeah like about about how good we thought we did weren't it's, as good. It, yeah,
2: it, it's like it's like they they probably didn't win the trade. But they also, like, didn't lose somehow. Yeah. I, that's, like,
1: sort of how I feel about this. I mean, you you could say something similar about the Jazz Chisholm-Zach uh, Gallon trade to a degree, right? Because I mean, don't—I don't know. I feel like D-backs fans feel like the D-backs won that We're going to get into that. Don't even get me started on Jazz Chisholm and his odds <laughs> to win the NL MVP because it blows my goddamn mind. But, of course, like we said, make sure to you grab yourself a, a diehard membership if you already are enjoying the content you're getting from us over here at PHNX. Uh, with every diehard membership, not only do you get free merch like this beautiful hat, this shirt I got down here, not the DraftKings, this is mine, I'm keeping this one, but get yourself any piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com shirt or hat uh, for free every single year. Uh, you also get yourself uh, discounts from our partners, discounts on our events, discounts on merch that you buy besides your free shirt that you get every year, be the best dressed here in the Valley, uh, and also You'll get access to Jesse's uh, Diehards Only piece. You'll get access to all of our wonderful writers' Diehard Only pieces, as well as access to our Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. You also get discounts at our events, and don't miss our upcoming PHNX Four Peaks Tea Party, of course. We are all uh, we are all done taking, I think, ticket orders for that now, but uh, we hope to see so many of you guys out there for our PHNXT party. We're and gonna you be can so still buy them at the door. If can if you, you still buy them mistaken. at the door? Let's get that going on because if so, door. come on out, join us. Don't miss out on this. We're not going to turn you away. Just come out, bring money, bring the kids. They have a, uh, uh, of course, we have the 10 and under free kids clinic that you're going to be participating in for the youngsters, but you get unlimited range balls. You get to hang out with us and watch the, Suns take on the Timberwolves. Uh, I don't know which version of the Suns team we're going to get, but, of course, you also get one free hour of range time and golf balls at Dobson Ranch to be used at a later time. So join us this Friday, January 13th. We're going to be drinking, watching the Suns, having a good time, hitting some golf balls. There will be free food from our friends at Chop Shop mountain mics, and beer samples from our friends at Four Peaks, who will also have some swag for you guys. So uh, also OGs will be out there, and I've told you this before, but any party that OGs at, is at is a party you want to be a part of. So join us for the Sun's Watch Party against the Timberwolves on Friday the 13th at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Of course, check the link in the description. Uh, I think, like I said, we can't get through, get you reserved online anymore. But Jesse is guaranteeing that we won't kick you out if you come <laughs> to the door with. The
2: I, all I'm guaranteeing is that if you come, if you show up, and you pay me the thirty six dollars directly, I that will, is, I will, I will let you in. I knew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to sneak you over a fence, but he'll get you in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are very excited, of course, to read some of the betting odds. For the 2023 season, we've kind of been keeping an eye on what they've been doing with the World Series and National League. We've seen what you wh- where, where the Diamondbacks have been going, and the direction isn't great as far as the odd movement. But your very own potential Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll, is the betting odds favorite to win the National League Rookie of the Year uh, at plus four hundred currently. Jesse, uh, any surprises there? Uh, no. No, none, they, none.
2: they got it they got it right. They just got it right, huh? I I mean I guess I am maybe a little surprised that that they got it right. Um early like over under uh win totals that I've seen. I don't think DraftKings has has theirs yet, but I think Caesars Sportsbook had had the D-backs at like 75 and a half wins, yeah, something like that. Yep. Um which is which is quite low. Uh, I think the D-backs are are being overlooked a little bit, but uh but yeah, Corbin Carroll Uh, your favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year award as well. He should be. Uh, They've got Miguel Vargas uh, behind him at plus 500. Ezekiel Tovar with the uh, Colorado Rockies. uh, Cade Cavalli, Jordan Walker, a guy we saw a lot in the fall league. There's some other interesting names, but Corbin Carroll has already shown what he can do at the big league level. Uh, It was only about 30 games, but he he kind of looked like a like a rookie of the year in, in those 30 games. So I, uh, you know, no guarantees, but I, I think he is the rightful
1: favorite for this award. Zach Gallen isn't the favorite. However, he is uh, ninth, tied for ninth, as far as favorite for the NL Cy Young at plus 1800. And we find that to be disrespectful. I mean, I only find that hmm. to be disrespectful based on the fact that Zach Gallen, in my opinion, I feel like did have a better season than some of these guys who, for some reason, are being predicted above him. And as a lot of people have noted, Gallen really started to catch fire in the second half of last season, so you can only help but wonder how he's going to look coming out of the gate in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they have Sandy
2: Alcantara, number one, which I think that just makes sense, Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Max Fried, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Spencer Strider, and then Zach Gallen. I don't know, out of that group, is there, like, is there a certain guy that you're like, oh, Zach Gallon should definitely be ahead of that Zach guy? Wheeler.
1: Zach Aaron Wheeler.
2: Aaron Nola. Okay. Both of them. I could I could see that. Aaron Nola has like, he's I don't know, like the last few years, Aaron Nola has like crazy insane peripherals, like in terms of strike, like strikes out tons of guys and doesn't walk like anyone. Um, and yet for some reason his ERA doesn't tend to be as good as maybe you'd expect it to be. Um, I could see that. I could see Gallon maybe jumping those guys. I don't think this is egregious, though. Honestly, I do. Uh, they have, <laughs> they, have they have they have Gallon they have Gallon tied with Joe Musgrove. I think Gallon pretty clearly has a better shot at this than Joe Musgrove, at least in my mind. Yes, they do have Gallon uh, above Julio Urias, who led the NL and ERA last year. That comes as a little little bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't think this is. I don't think this
1: is too egregious. If I'm being honest, this guy's too nice. He's too nice to the odds makers, Let me tell you, <laughs> because I'm not going to be nice right now when I say what the fuck is Jazz Chisholm doing at plus four hundred, plus four thousand to win the National League MVP? That's I mean, completely plus 4, outrageous. Four thousand isn't that good. It's right? not that good. <laughs> but when you go look at the MVP odds, he's still like in the top like ten. And it's like, in what world, unless you're talking about him potentially being traded to a different team? Does he fall in that list
2: for you? He's not in the top 10. He's in 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. He's 17th. He's 17th 17th on the list. Too high. Too high? Too high. I mean, I I could... He didn't play like an MVP caliber Uh, player last year when he was healthy. He was good. He was an MVP caliber, but he's also still relatively young. So... You know they're probably factoring in that he might be able to. I, the only way that happens is if he's
1: season. not on the Marlins next year. That's the only way that that happens. If he gets traded off of the Marlins team. The only way that he could win MVP. The only way be, he should be ranked even that high, in my opinion. That's but, that's
2: probably fair. Yeah. Um. This is interesting though. So they have Soto, Betts, Tatis, Goldschmidt. That's your top four. Freeman, Acuna, Cunha That that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Turner. Uh, Austin Riley, Manny Machado, Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado, Matt Olsen, Kyle Schwarber. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think that's a little bit high for Kyle Schwarber.
1: Gabriel wants to know where Corbin Carroll's at on the National League MVP. He should be higher yeah, than un- Judge. Yeah, Unfortunately, sure. I, I don't see right. a Corbin Carroll on no, this That's list. not great. Uh, um, just like the team odds aren't great, let me tell you, because uh, they are plus 5,500 to win the NL West, plus 6,000 to win the National League, and plus 13,000 uh, if you're wondering... Uh, to win the World Series, which is going in the opposite direction of, of up. It's going, <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> so, Or, or, or the value is going up. I don't know how to phrase that when it comes to betting. But uh, not only are the odds not in their favor next season, uh, but according to MLB.com's prediction for the next 10 World Series – uh, <laughs> which is you, Jesse, can, Jesse finally finds this egregious. I'm hoping I do find the Arizona this, Diamondbacks find are not even egregious. predicted to be part of the story for the next 10 years. Let's take a look at that graphic that MLB.com threw up there. I hate this graphic. I hate whoever made it. This just goes to show you. Any, anybody can have Photoshop, Jesse. <laughs> anybody can make
2: graphics. I just love, it blows my mind how MLB.com, like the site. Of Major League Baseball is just so down with just like absurd levels of speculation.
1: Oh yeah, like, <laughs> like what is
2: this? Like we're really out here predicting World Series in 2032? A
1: decade from now. Oh, look like, at the Battle of Ohio in 2032 between the Guardians and the Reds. The Reds. You put the Reds in the World Series before you put the Diamondbacks team. You have the Orioles. Going to two World Series in the next 10 years and winning one of them against the Dodgers. I'm not saying I wouldn't be excited about that. But, oh, my God, were you drunk when you put this together? <laughs> how like what exactly is the
2: Giants path to the World Series in 2025? Yeah. And That's how not are not the that Orioles getting the 20? They're in 2024 to lose to the Mets. I mean the Orioles—they're kind of on the rise. Like I don't—I don't hate that one as Stop much. It. But the Giants don't have enough upside in their organization to be like, yeah, they're—they're they're gonna like you're not gonna you're not gonna predict the Giants to be in the World Series in 2025. Although I do love me that since or that uh, Cincinnati Cleveland matchup in yeah, 2032. Yeah. Uh, just the thought of 49 year old Joey Votto going at it with
1: 40-year-old Jose Ramirez, that's that's really going to be something to watch. And the Diamondbacks <laughs> just looking on with their hand up against the glass going, we would take any of you old guys on our team. <laughs> um, we did ask what you guys thought would constitute success for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, in 2023. Jesse's actually going to have an article about that on gophnx.com. But it's my annual D-backs Twitter survey. Uh, so yeah, it's right. It's kind of a, kind of uh, a fun little thing. The, the, the interesting part about it for me is the fact that most people, I feel like, agreed that if the Diamondbacks are playing meaningful baseball games at the end of September, that is all that we can ask for at this point. I don't even think that that constitutes necessarily going to the playoffs. Some people I, said playoffs. Oh, yeah. Most people uh, fucking probably Espo didn't. said World Series. So Espo just would yeah. know nothing short are of a we, World are Series. Are we really
2: surprised that Espo said uh, World he's Series? So, he asks for so much. He, I mean, he, you know, he's covering a very troubled basketball. I know right it's now. like, so it's he, championships man, yeah, I think he um, want, I think he's hoping the coyotes will, will win the, uh, the,
1: the world Stanley cup, the world that's, Stanley that's cup, that's what, that's what Lords, Lord it. Stanley cup or world Stanley cup. <laughs> if you want to be correct about it. Uh, <laughs> but I did think that it was interesting that most people did, uh, at least agree on that. Like as long as this team, uh, even if they do fall short of a wild card spot can be playing meaningful games at the end of September. Uh, either trying to get in, trying to maybe even, you know, either either eke their way in or replace spoiler a little bit or whatever. That would be enough. Uh, I do know a lot of people want a plus 500 record. So I guess I would have yeah. to ask you, what would you con- what would constitute a winning season for you for 2023? Mm. I
2: think if you get to 85 wins, I think you've you've taken a big step forward. Um, I know that's like almost what the projections say, but There's still like given the bullpen the D-backs had last year and the questions that are still there and the fact that they traded away arguably their best position player in in Dalton Varsho uh, for Gabby Moreno, who's an excellent prospect, but still a little bit unknown at this point. If the D-backs get to 85 wins, I think I think they've done a lot of a lot of things right. Um, The playoffs, I mean, that would be that's kind of a bonus in my mind. If this team makes the playoffs in 2023, they're ahead of schedule. And, you know, these next few years they are, are going to be really, really exciting. But even if they just get to 85 wins, that's another, I mean, that'd be an 11 game, 11 win improvement over where they were in 2022. Um, and I think at that point, you'd be uh, really well set up to kind of push in the chips for 2024 and really try to get after it.
1: For me, it's a mindset. Torre Lavalo once talked about this team in the clubhouse having the wrong mindset. He said that there were too many. Members of this team who would come in there hoping to win baseball games instead of knowing that they are going to win the game that day. Right. And I think that that is the mindset that he describes as, you know, championship teams having. They come into every single game, all 162 games. And they they have that mindset that we are going to win today. Not we hope we win. Not I hope we don't look like idiots out there. That's no, such that a philosophical gonna... goal.
2: It is, but it's. Something... Are you one of those people who your your New Year's resolutions are are like I'm gonna, I don't know, like just like I already told totally, you that. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> totally I told pie you in the that sky, like not measurable. Just like like well, uh, I you don't could know. say
1: win totals, but what is win totals, right? If the if if the final wild card team wins 93 games and you fall. If the final wild
2: card team wins ninety three games, that's that's a statistical anomaly. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got three wild card teams, and the worst of them still won ninety three games. I'm saying that'd um, be be pretty rough. I'm
1: saying if you're in a position where like it's that far away, then what do wins matter? Even if you are over five hundred, is my point. Fair. You're not even close at that point to being in the playoffs as the season wraps up. I think the idea here, my philosophical idea that is immeasurable, (laughs) uh, is that. Uh, honestly, it's, it's the way that you start seeing these young guys conduct themselves and this team conduct themselves as a whole, right? Uh, you know, there, there was something to be said about the way that Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll adapted so quickly to the major leagues. But a part of that was their attitude, their maturity, the way that they uh, conducted themselves on the field, the way they conducted themselves in, in the clubhouse, the fact that they, made little things like their little outfield celebration where they put their gloves on their head and everybody's doing little snakes or, you know, doing this stuff. Like there's stuff like that, that they just really acclimated to being big leaguers really quickly. And they didn't, they didn't have that look of, of fear. They didn't have that look of like, you know, Hey, I, I I can't believe I'm playing at this level. They just seemed ready to go. Alec Thomas had his reasons for that. Jake McCarthy might've had his own reasons. I don't know. Um, I, the, that's what I felt. But then when you saw Corbin Carroll come up, it started uh, – and, and honestly, that carries over to Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson too. When you start to see the collection of young guys come up and have that attitude that they are all big leaguers and they're ready to play, I really feel like uh, it's something that they are doing within the organization to prepare them for this level, right? So yeah, I know Tori was at – he talked a lot about being focused on changing the mindset of the team. The benefit here is you have a bunch of young guys now and it's easier to make them start believing – that they can go into the clubhouse every single day with that attitude of we are going to win today. Uh, And it's hard to measure. It's hard to like philosophically uh, like look at that and see if they're maturing in that way. Right. But I think it will (laughs) carry over to results on the field and it'll carry over to like those guys earning their spots and becoming, you know their everyday starters. That's that's my. So
2: you're not you're not going to give us a win total. You're just I, the general sensation
1: of players being in the I right like, mindset. I like the idea that they are playing competitive games at the end of September. I don't really care okay. about a you know particular I mean, if, win. If you're total.
2: doing that, then you're probably in the 80, you're probably 85, plus plus five hundred. Yeah, you yeah know what I mean. Yeah.
1: I, and obviously, I'm just I don't know if necessarily getting to eighty three wins is enough to be like, what a good season. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so there has to be some other things there after there have, There have to be some steps forward made. I mean, maybe some of that maturity, maybe some of that winning mindset could come against the teams that have dominated them over the last two or three seasons, like the Dodgers and the Padres. Maybe that is enough. Maybe, maybe them just getting out of the first month at 500 or above is enough for me to say this season was a success. That would be huge, honestly. I mean, if it's, they're, it's, it's if they're really at good. or
2: above 500 after the first month of the season, given how difficult their schedule is, then, yeah. yeah. I mean, you might even raise the bar a little bit at that point. I think 85 wins would, would almost be the expectation if they're playing that well against that caliber of yeah, competition. I agree.
1: I agree. Um, well, we appreciate the DraftKings Sportsbook for giving us these odds early. And, of course, if you haven't had a chance to download it, Right now, there's uh, an amazing offer, not only for new customers, but for existing customers during the wildcard round for the NFL this weekend. You can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round. Uh, just play, place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. If you're a new customer, use our promo code of PHNX, and you make a $5 bet on the NFL in any way, shape, or form, and you will get $200 in free bets instantly. You don't even have to win to get those $200 in free bets. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, And we want to thank you guys for being here on, uh, of course, the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you are new around here, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, And if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, uh, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. Uh, We thank you guys so much for the feedback. The most important thing, though, that the thing that keeps Jesse's heart beating is that you give us a little like on the video. That's it. That's all we that's want. True. That's I, don't, true. I don't feel like that, that's too much to ask. That's all we want. But uh, I am going to right now, talking about how easy it is to get down on the DraftKings sportsbook. Jesse, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is right now. Ooh, okay. I'm going to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week only because we just talked about it right now. And the, the I'm putting my money on Corbin Carroll to win Rookie of the Year. And when I say I do, I'm doing that, Jesse can attest to this. I'm literally doing it right now. There it is, Jesse. You see this? Would there's, you like to show your uh, credit card? There's information 20, I, do the, the the show, I do not want to show. I do not want to show my passwords or anything. but There's twenty dollars. <laughs> uh, place the bet on Corbin Carroll to win Rookie of the so, Year. So, how much? Uh, I will win. How one, a payout? One hundred dollars on the twenty dollar bet should Corbin Carroll win the Rookie of the Year on the DraftKings sports book? Uh, and I'm not done. I'm going over the Cy Young Award. Okay. I am going to find. I have to scroll way down to find him. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, Zach Gallant at plus eighteen hundred. We're going to throw a $10 bet on him to win $190, Jesse. Ooh. And that's what we're doing. There's another one on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So you're app, looking so. at
2: 290
1: bucks yeah. if uh yeah. both of these things yeah. pan out, all uh, right. right? And then I will uh, take you out to dinner. Is what I'll do. Oh, all yeah. right. Oh, it's 290 bucks. Yeah. We're uh We're going We're, we're eating good. We're, yeah, we're going to eat good. So uh, that's what we got going on here. I'm doing it right now. I did it right now. So make sure you do that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's free money. We know Corbin Carroll is going to get it, right? How many four-piece chicken tenders could we buy Ooh, with 290 Oh, my God, an unlimited supply, I feel <laughs> like. you know, uh, Gabriel wants me to put one stack down. I do not make that kind of money. You know that, Gabriel. Um, <laughs> but, of course, uh, if I did, I would definitely spend a lot more of it on our friends at OGs, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, speaking of OGs, by the way, Uh, They do have a brand new Happy Balance uh, Ratio product that they have out at CBD and THC. Jesse doesn't care about this, but he he would be excited (laughs) to know because here's the thing. Uh, There are people like Jesse out there that don't want to experience uh, what some of us enjoy experiencing from OGs and their products, right? Just a hater of all Uh, Yeah, I know. You're all good things, all fun times. (laughs) But uh, the Happy Balance Ratio actually is a combination of CBD and THC. And if you want to talk to some scientists at a dispensary, just go talk to your bud tender. He'll break all this down for you. Basically, uh, CBD and THC can work together uh, to not make you feel the normal sense like that people might get from, from eating gummies, eating edibles, and getting that euphoria sense. But it can help with all sorts of things, including anxiety, which I can attest to uh, it is a big help with, as well as other things like seizures and other medical conditions. So make sure to check that out. And, of course, if you uh, are looking for the right balance ratio find the happy balance over at OG's Uh, and their flavor strawberries and cream so it's absolutely delicious they're all about flavoring life and they're all about giving you all the benefits that you can get from THC and THC related uh, products so make sure as always to check them out at your local dispensary must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly uh, we thank you guys again so much. Uh, Brian Abdallah says he likes salad, cheap dinner. That's it. We're yeah, taking me to so salad I, and go. I We're just, hanging out I in just RAV4. I
2: calculated that with $290, yeah. we could buy 89, 89 salad and go breakfast burritos. <laughs> All
1: right, Let's do
2: it. Yeah. I'm, let's
1: do it. I'm, I'm, I am so down. Who, who wants to meet up at a spring <laughs> training game and eat a breakfast burrito? We'll from even share and go? them with Tori LaVella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not coming in your RAV4. He's not going to go sit in your RAV4, Jesse. I can guarantee you that. Uh, we thank you guys for sitting in our virtual RAV4 right now. We always appreciate <laughs> you guys being here. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. This guy is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore d but of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again so much. Gabriel Ferrer says, meet Escobar at FOGO. I will, <laughs> I'll buy dinner if he'll come back to the team. So let's make that arrangement. But uh, again, we thank you guys. Uh, for your comments, for being here, and for being you. You're wonderful, and we appreciate you. They're
2: breakfast burritos, Brian. They're not
1: salad burritos. Yeah, they're not salad burritos. They have egg and bacon in them. Come on. Yeah, they're salad and go breakfast burritos. Don't make me defend salad and go, Brian. God. (laughs) Anyway, on behalf of Leah, Jesse, myself, and salad and go, we thank you guys so much for being here. (laughs) And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you bet on Corbin Carroll to be Rookie of the Year. Let's go!